tweet at SFM Radio and at Songhezomabete. Let's have our first caller this evening. I understand it's Ms. Tobegam Tetwa from UNISA. Good evening, Tobega. Tobegam Tetwa, good evening. Okay, Hello, let's try Canada. one more time. Tobega, I can hear you loud and clear. Please go on. What's your story? Uh, Tell us your... Uh, my story, I'm not sure if you remember me, Sanezo, but I'm visiting... I do, me. from KZN. From KZN, yes, of course yes. I do. Um, oh, mine is uh, a bit tricky because I'm actually virtually unable to participate because you, being visually impaired, as I was like, you can't practice social distancing, so you can't. I can't write an exam because my exam would have to be on a computer, and I'd need a technician next to me. So um, during lockdown, basically, we've had to move our exam. So I'm going to be examined in October. And um, during lockdown, obviously, I haven't had access to, you know, that we're all supposed to be given laptops and other things. I'm in the pipeline of getting it, but we are not yet, haven't yet received those. And data, I've had to utilize my own data. So for the impaired person, it's very tricky because you'd need the help of another person to check what's on your screen, because I can only participate when I've heard the audio and type the relevant answering. And, yeah, so basically that's my experience and the experience of many other visually impaired students. Final question to you, and I appreciate your sharing this very heartbreaking story. Typically and ordinarily, as a student, and I understand you're at UNISA, what would be happening that is now not happening? Never mind the fact that you would have to write a test in or at a university-approved computer and facility. Ordinarily, how do you get by with your learning, given the fact that that um, ability not to see as well as perhaps the majority might... <laughs> Um, I make use of audio material, so all my textbooks need to be converted to audio, ordinarily. And um, obviously at home I do not have a computer that is JAWS capable because the app is very expensive. So I'd have to go to the campus like ordinarily. So now with the lockdown, that's virtually impossible. So I've actually had to be at home and for myself, get someone to read what's on the screen and then I'd record them. So that's my form of getting an audio material for myself during lockdown. That sounds heavy. We wish you all the best with that. Thank you for sharing your experience. We hope that with this conversation and the fact that our podcasts are readily available, the relevant authorities will catch wind of the story, which I don't imagine affects Tobega alone, but many South Africans who find themselves in the position that is similar to yours. Thanks for your time. All the best and good luck with the balance of your career. Tabo Teme, good evening. Your thoughts, please. Thank you. Hi, Tabo. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Well, sir, how are you? I'm fine, man. Your thoughts, please. Uh, I can't hear you properly. Your thoughts, please. Uh, can you repeat for me? I think my line is bad. I'm, I'm asking you to give us your thoughts in relation to the experience you are currently faced with at the University of Zululand. Or is it KwaZulu-Natal? Which university are you at? Okay. Yeah, we're talking about the University of Zululand. Yes. Uh, 
one of the problems that we have is that uh, the universities, well, university is not ready, in fact, to open uh, for, to continue the academic year. Uh, because number one, student was supposed to get data a long time ago, but three months ago, uh, the university could not provide data, and they were supposed to get laptops uh, for students uh, so that they can be able to access the online uh, learning. But that has not happened. Uh, only uh, a certain percentage of students have been able to get data. Others have not yet get it yet. Uh, so I'm still waiting for laptops. So it's really hard uh, to access uh, the e-learning uh, while the activities are continuing, especially those students who have access, who have already a laptop and doesn't have a problem with that. And one of the problems that we have is connectivity. Uh, because uh, some of uh, us as students, we, we, as much as we can get these devices, uh, the places in which we reside uh, on does not have connectivity. Though mm. some of, uh, mm. of the places, uh, they still use 2G, uh, not even mm. uh, uh, 4G. So there is a problem about connectivity. Uh, so uh, really struggling uh, with uh, with this e-learning thing, especially with universities not providing uh, proper resources uh, for students to be able to access uh, smoothly, and in, in ensuring sure. that there is no student there is no student that is left behind. Yeah, no, thanks for your experience there, Mr. Teme, Tabo Teme, calling us from University of Zululand, sharing his experience in relation to data laptops and the fact that even when you have that in the best of circumstances, the connectivity because of the poor infrastructure at an ITU level, telecoms, you know, to borrow from the previous conversation, is still a challenge. Let's move on now with somebody who is in Durban as well, Mr. Tusani Mnyandu, and I understand he's a Rhodes student. Tusani, good evening. Thanks for calling. Good evening, Sonyezo. Uh, thank you for the Indeed. opportunity. Um, I've just started with my second semester, which is the last semester. Uh, so far, so good. But uh, I can see that um, universities are not ready. Universities are not ready for for implementing, you know, distance education or online education. And the third part is that universities are helping students to perform while the resources are not there to, to support them, you know. So it's just perpetuating inequality for those students that can the resources for them to, to continue. They can do that. But for others, it's really, really is difficult. So, yeah, but I want well, to well, What students, is your experience in relation to the difficulty specifically, as you say, that the universities were not ready? What is it that you're pointing and saying that the university, to the extent that they could plan, to the extent that they could, even with the limited notice of the 21-day lockdown and the three, four months, five months into the lockdown itself, they could have done by now, but for whatever reason, they haven't. What are you lamenting, particularly in relation to your university? Look, as, as your previous caller is saying, that there's, there's problems with connectivity, there's problems with devices, there's problems with data. The universities are not providing enough data for you to be able to connect. But over and above that, there's problems of psychological issues. There are psychological issues involved in, in the way that you are performing. So you cannot perform at your optimum level when um, you know resources or you are not in a position that you were used to. So I don't think um, universities have made provisions um, for that. Fantastic. Noel, do you finish this year or will your course carry over into the new year? 
Well, luckily for me, I finished this year. So I want to say to all students that can participate the last four months, just hang in there and let's just uh, finish strong. Fantastic. Appreciate your time then, Mr. Tusanim Nyandu, calling us from Durban. Otherwise, he's an Eastern Cape man through his studies at Rhodes University. We're going to take two more callers. I beg your pardon for those who are trying to get through. We will not have enough time. Sakez Zito is our next guest on the line. Sake, good evening. Thank you so much for calling us. I understand you are from Walter Sisulu University in the Eastern Cape. Hello. Thank you, sir. Hello, Sake. Your thoughts, please, ma'am. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am fine. Thanks, and you. I'm very well, thank you. Do you want to share your experience with Walter Sisulu University and how easy or difficult it has been for you to study this year? Yes, I want to share my story and story for other students. We're having a problem at Walter Sisulu University. Um, we have maladministration as a problem, firstly. The, the distribution of data is, is inconsistent. We have we got data last month, and this month we didn't get our data. 50% of students are not able to attend classes because they don't have data. Even the distribution of laptops is very inconsistent. They, they, they want us a day before, and we can't attend that. No one, everyone is aware that we are students from rural areas, and we don't have money. So we can't be told today that tomorrow I must go and fetch my laptop. We have problems with mm. connectivity. And that's our main problem as students. We are from rural areas. Our network is very bad. We can't attend classes. We can't submit our assignments. We can't even write tests. We have students who, who, are, who are from deep, deep rural areas. They don't even know that their classes that's on progress. That's our problem. So, as you and the University, we are not allowed to go back to school. We haven't even received 33% of the students that are going back to campus. Let, so let me ask this question, uh, Sake. You are not allowed to go back to campus. Would you want to go back to campus to at least try and mitigate the fact that there, even if you had your laptop and the data, it would be a frustration for you to try and study because the connectivity is very bad, as you say, in the rural part of the country. Would you therefore rather be on campus? Yes. At least before our residences, because the, con the connectivity there is better. What then would you make of the fact that COVID-19 will be given a condition to thrive? I mean, I'm almost sympathetic to the university saying do not be on campus because then it will be on them, the outbreak of COVID-19. But at the same time, I equally fully understand why you'd want to be on campus rather than be where you are, because in any event where you are, no learning can take place. So it is a bit of a chicken and or a rock and a hard place. I mean, to be at home or to be on campus. Isn't it difficult for everybody here? The thing is, there are regulations for lockdown. So if you stick to the regulations, then I don't see any problem because we're going to be on our residences we are not going to go for, for, for contact learning. So if you are in our residence, then it's safer there. 
Fair point. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We appreciate that, Ms. Sakezito of Walter Sisulu University in the Eastern Cape. Our final caller this evening then will be Ola Mehlomakulu, who I understand to be the national spokesperson for the EFF Student Command. Ola, I think we've had a conversation before. Good evening. Your thoughts, please. Hi, Songs. I know you're fine, so I want to ask. I'm going to just tell you how tough we have it as students. I think <laughs> this time has been a very, very dire season, particularly because of what we've seen happening to, to students at a policy level. We've seen institutions like your UNISA overturn decisions about their language policy that have, what are things that you can't even contest because you're not allowed to be on campuses. And this means for Stellenbosch, for the University of Pretoria, a very backward step in terms of even the, the, the transformation agenda that was happening in those institutions. So people have been very opportunistic even about the crisis. The crisis of, I think, universities, people are crying about being on campuses, but we found that schools are not structurally capacitated to handle a, a, a spread of the virus or even to maintain students that are on campus. The unscientific suggestion to say 33% of students must return to school was about salvaging the academic year, but students are getting sick and there's no way to treat them. They, they can't, there's no capacity within institutions. So you've got that problem also in terms of just at a structural and administrative crisis. You've got a crisis of NSF, and I think financial aid has been a crisis because no one is available to, to respond to student crisis. No one has been available to even speak to the narrative of students that are waiting for their appeals, for students that have had issues that are usually things that they fix administratively on campuses. So I think we've been let down a lot by such offices, particularly because they can't accommodate or even have a functional task team that will work out these issues for students. But there's no vision, there's no direction in terms of these offices that are really administrated by the ANC. But I think the toughest thing is, is, is youth unemployment, and it's, it's, it's a financial one would be the current borrowing to IMF, which is basically something that I'd say is going to be a tax on this very youth that is struggling right now, that we are going to be the ones that inherit the very bad decisions that are being made by the presidency and the entirety of it. So you've got a crisis of youth unemployment is at its peak this year, and you've got a crisis that is adding to that people are being rechanged, and so you've got a new dynamic in homes in terms of even the mental mm. attitude, in terms of even what's happening at home psychologically, it, it yeah. is a tough time for students. They're seeing their parents being rechanged. They're seeing income levels drop. You've got schools still requesting their money. It, it, it's a mess. And I think the biggest crisis is that no one is really creating a platform to say, hi, we understand there's a crisis. Let us fix this. whole entire season has been a season to loot. It's been a season to make sure that mm. people can quick get, and without even any accountability or even consequence, people have been feeling within this time. So as students, we really are on our own. The black child particularly is still on their own. And we're, we're asking ourselves the question of what is to be done because we've, we've been patient, we've been bureaucratic, we've been understanding of how no one has really preempted this crisis, and so the magnitude of the crisis has never been something that people have really, really prepared for. But what we find ourselves right now is that we can no longer beg people to say to find, you know, to find expression. Civets and 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 colleges are at their worst. Students are those that are do come back. The systems are not are not they are not screened properly. You've got 
a, a circus. And clowns are running the country. And I think we're really, really in trouble. Mr. Metromakulu, you've said a lot of valid points. What you say is, I would dare say, the majority of the feeling of many South Africans. And of course, you find yourself in a unique position that a lot of what you want to achieve as students, you want to be part of the solutions. But unfortunately, you're even hamstrung by continued systemic and institutional failures. I mean, one word, NISFAS, that you can't be able to do some of the most basic things, and that is to contribute to the knowledge economy of this country, which in time, hopefully, sure. will eat into the sure. youth unemployment. Unfortunately, time is sure. the enemy, so I want to leave it there and only thank you for your time and contribution. All right. Thank you so much. Have an amazing evening. Excellent. Mr. Kolamekla Makulu, National Spokesperson for the EFF Student Command. That then, folks, was the show. Thank you so much for lending us your time. Certainly do appreciate it. It's time for us to read a book.